0: Welcome to the
1: Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. We're here to help you become more profitable at SportsBetty, and we have a terrific show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. That's PlayUp.com. And speaking of best bets, Cash with Flash Best Bets has you covered. Free daily picks premium packages, and a whole bunch more. Head on over, check out the free pick. We've got one for tomorrow's uh, NCAA game. Buy a premium package and cash with flash. That's cashwithflash.com, tracked by the Action Network. All picks from the Phil Nation Show are tracked by Betstamp. Betstamp provides broadcasters and handicappers alike a free platform to track their picks in one easy-to-follow format. They also allow cappers to sell their picks directly from the site. That's betstamp.app. Greg Wolf, the Wolf Line, is in the house. What's happening?
2: Oh, glad to be here again, Phil. Thanks for having me on, Mr. Flash. Mr. Oh, Flash.
1: Oh, yes. You know, I was reminded this morning that I'm 5-0 and when I do your, when you're a guest on my show. And at the end of the show, we're going to do a pick where I'll end up being 6-0 because I've got a good feeling about Thursday Night Football tonight what's going on in your world and what are you seeing that pisses you off today <laughs> well
2: apparently <clears throat> I'm your talisman I'm a, a few people know I'm actually a gypsy fortune teller you know people don't know that but uh, that's the truth there you no, go. I'm, I'm joking there but, you um, go. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about you want to talk about the games you want to talk about, I mean what's pissing me off today I mean uh, in this in,
1: industry, in, in, in the industry, I mean, yeah, 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 because we could go on and on. I could sit there and watch a half-hour news program and just go off for about seven hours, I think. Yeah, I can't even
2: do that anymore. I try not to pay any attention to that stuff, but um, I don't know. You know, we st- generally speaking, we still have the saga going on with the, uh, you know, the the crooks and the the frauds and all that other thing that uh, you know are, are self self-admitting self-referring uh to you know breaking the law and just abusing and exploiting consumers uh you know most recently portnoy would call them people <clears throat> calling people winners card counters banning them and then the jason robbins guy you know he said this is a recreational activity and basically just saying only you know you're only allowed to lose <laughs> if you right. win you get booted out and that's. That's just purely against uh, established securities law in the U.S. I mean, these are definitely securities. The bets are their options and the optionality. I think two weeks ago, we, you and I went over the Howey versus SEC decision in 1946. That are the four steps to being a security. Remember mm-hmm. that? I do remember that, yes. So that's very clear about the, the bets, betting contracts being securities. And then also you get into the optionality of it. They're an options contract because they're based on probability, uh, whether it be money line or, or, or against a spread or totals. And an options contract has probability to it. It has an underlying price. It has a strike price. It has implied volatility, and it has time left in the contract. And these games have all of those. So... Once you satisfy that, you become an option, and an option is a security. So that's why uh, I'm aggravated by the latency that it's taken since passport was repealed to for the uh, the actual federalization, securitization, and standardization has happened because mainly because this whole thing has has happened before. Uh, it happened from 1911 to 1933 which led to the uh, Federal Securities Act of 1933 and the the creation of the SEC in 1934. Because what happened was the states were unable to get their act together and they were – uh, with in terms of investment contracts, and there was no consistency, there was, there was no accountability, nothing. So the feds had to come in and and make it a federal issue, and uh, especially with this, and this is what, what this is what would clean up these bad actors that are trying. What they're trying to do is, they're trying to impose the British model in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right. And the British model is extremely bizarre because I may have spoken about it before, but they have – the bookmakers in in Britain and, and parts of Europe have somehow duped the British people into thinking that this is a recreational activity and they call it a negative expected value Activity to where, and they, they compare it to going to see a movie or going out drinking at a bar or something like that. You're just paying for the entertainment. Right. So you're supposed to lose. You're supposed to feel good about losing. I think we talked about that before. Uh, and that's really not the case when you're talking about a dynamically adjusting securities market that that is a game of skill, just like any other financial market. Um, you know, are you going to invest some money with a, 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 a financial advisor or whatever? And you're just going to look at it as recreation. If if you know if, if you're down 50 percent in the year,
0: or are you going to be so. a little
2: bit angry about that?
1: I think people get a lot angry.
2: Right? Are you going to trade? Are you trading stocks just for the privilege to lose money? You know that that does. It's how it works. That's why this needs to get cleaned up. So these guys are trying to do the same thing over here. And you know, as we spoke about before, this is about a three to five trillion dollar a year serious legitimate market. Serious and, you know, there were these things. Actually, if I could just kind of wrap this one thought up. Uh, it used to be very popular. There was there were things called bucket shops. You know, and people that are interested in, in history of economics and finance would, would know these that these existed in the nineteenth century and uh, early twentieth century. They were actually made illegal uh, in the nineteen twenties, and they were exactly like the the current sports book model that bet against and because there was no there was no actual ownership it was it was they were it was people would go in and speculate purely on where stocks would move mm-hmm. based on price action. And the owners of the bucket shop would bet against the, the the customers, just bet against them. And if they won too much, just like in this this instance, they would ban them. They'd kick them out, right? And so the the if you get kicked out of there, this happened with a guy named Jesse Livermore, Livermore, a very famous trader. You would then go over to the New York Stock Exchange or wherever because it was then, uh, you know, a regulated format, and they couldn't arbitrarily ban people from trading on the, the exchange or, or limit them. You know, again, arbitrarily some limited, some not, some banned, some yes, some not banned, all that. So the bucket shops were made illegal in the in the 1920s, and then that's what kind of dovetailed to the 1946 decision and the uh, uh, for, with the with the uh, Supreme Court and those um, those comments in the majority opinion by Frank Murphy, the Associate Justice. But so just that's just laying the foundation of why I think uh, this obviously not cannot go on any longer. It certainly can't go on in its current uh, permutation I mean you got this guy Robbins making those comments and then backing it up and trying to say no we're talking about people that are using you know uh, inappropriately using bonuses or something like that I mean you know the guy is just uh, both of those guys and the other one I don't know uh, his name is Eccles or something like that
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know I've I know a guy you know this is kind of hearsay but I'm just going to say it because I do know it uh, he was speaking to one of them I don't know which one it was he said, you know, how do you feel about offering these terrible markets and being kind of a predatory company and, and then kicking out guys that win and, and you get this, you know, you get non-public information and all this sort of stuff. And it's not really – it's not very ethical if it's legal. And this guy's an attorney. has been for many years. An NFL agent uh, uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy said, you know, in no uncertain terms, F them. Talking about the customer. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know how, you know, a, a, a model that is completely adversarial like that and, and, and illegal. And again, I talk about the latency and the un, unfortunate uh, aspect of that with, the, with the, the appropriate regulation. All you have to do is there's such, such a thing as means and instrumentalities of interstate commerce. Right, and that's and that just that makes it a federal issue. This is not a state issue. It sure isn't a tribal issue, and it's got nothing to do with casinos. So, you know, if you look at means and instrumentalities of interstate commerce, of course it's there because if you look at the Christie versus uh, the the leagues versus Christie in New Jersey that led to the repeal of PASPA. What are the names of the leagues? The National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League, the. the <clears throat> National Collegiate Athletic Association, National Football League—they're all national, all of them. Every single one of them has, has interstate commerce. So the the state by state thing is bizarre. And recently, with the the federal uh, interaction uh, with the tri- with the Seminole Tribe in Florida, basically blocking them from from offering online sports betting, quote unquote—that's just going another step towards what I was saying about the. the Ultimate inevitable securitization, federalization, standardization. That's that.
1: I don't think it's going to happen like you want it to because yep. I just don't. I don't see how that is. Too much money bumping into the state's coffers. You know, mm-hmm. they're all broke, or so they say, whatever they are. And that's why what we have to do is point out the good guys because there are good sports books. And, and when I talk about a good sports book, I talk about a sports book that has posted limits, and that limit goes for me, you, and a famous better like Spanky. A I, famous, agree. I, I agree. You know what I mean? I, a famous yeah. better like Spanky. For example, we'll use PlayUp as an example. On their website, they tell you exactly what your limits are. You can find them easily. No one has to point them to you. So a gentleman like Spanky, or Bats, for example, who comes on this show quite a bit, they won't even bother with that because they don't want. They play at a higher level, and they're just not going to fool with it. But they're not going to throw it under the bus because at least they were straight with them. Now you well, can't you
2: win in, a, in any in any in any uh, industry or any venture. You're going to always win with the truth eventually. Always just be straight with people. Just be so straight. If you're, you know. If, if they change the rules and they change the law, and, you know, and again, I come from both worlds, so I, I say it all the time. It's just a big Venn diagram with the wolf line in the middle. You got, you know, financial trading stuff on one side. You got sports betting on the other side. Bring it together like a, you know, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh. So I have, I do have those opinions. And the reason why I do is because of my experience as a registered investment advisor and options trader, market maker, all that stuff. Um it's fine with me as long as everybody, as long however they want to uh, orchestrate it, as long as it's it's fair and it's not a predatory model like the Brits had, which again they they completely destroyed their market. They have the audacity to call it a mature market, uh, you know. If that's unless that's a euphemism for ruined and exploitative, then it's not mature, you know. So and then they come over and they try to pull the same same gag over here, and it's just it's just not going to work. We just need people to wake up and and get this, you know. Uh, heard the cats in so to speak and get rid of the bad actors because you know it should have gone should have gone it, 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 this this never should have happened uh, it's, it's a shame because you know it didn't have to
1: no it actually it didn't and, and there needs to be some regulation involved i think but like
2: and they're so arrogant about it
1: too well yeah they broadcast the, it you know it's really weird if you follow twitter and follow some of the more well known sports betters who normally wouldn't be on Twitter, but this is one of the reasons that they are, mm-hmm. is to point these things out. How is it possible that someone who's won a couple of small bets, like say hundred dollars each, can only is only a be wagering twenty five dollars at a time and at the same book others are allowed to spend two, three, four thousand a game. Why is that? And that's why and and that's when you have a problem. Because you're right. supposed to treat your customers in the sports betting business equally. Now, and that's
2: why that's 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 what why it always why it brings me to the correlations and the conflations with what I know to be securities law. Because I look at the, the bookmakers as broker dealers, where you can act as a principal and, and have risk, and but then and you can also act as an agent and just be you know kind of the the go between. It's matching up buyers and sellers. That's just the way it goes, and that's how the, this business works. And um, and and the laws that apply to a broker dealer in in the stock market or whatever or whatever market it is should also apply to these here. There needs to be uh, uniformity. You can't have uh, a, you can't list the market as a broker dealer and just say you know Joe, you can you can buy twenty shares of this, but you know. Ed, you can only buy one share. of This something like that,
1: and that's what and that's what's happening with some of the books. That's why I'm so happy that PlayUp is part of this crew here, and we're part of theirs because those guys are as legit as they come.
2: Yeah, and the other thing too, just with with these books being being uh, clueless, and I might sound like I'm bitter at these guys or something like that, but I'm just calling them out for what they are. And I did have. Uh, conversations with almost everybody that I talk about from, from that end, which is the execution side. And they told me, you know, I, I am angry because they're, they're too vacuous to understand that, um, you know, that, that the way to prosper and profit in a fair broker dealer model or bookmaker model, whatever you want to call it, is to be fair and, and, and not to, you know, be adversarial, not, not give terrible markets, not kick, kick out winners, not have ridiculous limits for some people, not just what we were talking about all those things. The way to get to uh, real profitability is as a BD, and this has been proven in the in the financial markets 20 years ago with a 2,000% increase when this happened, is that retail needs to get access to quantitative analytics just like with the wolf line as you've seen mm-hmm. you know because that just increases volume and it's and we're totally transparent about what the, the whole point the whole point is with our relationships with books is that it gives the retail a reason to enter into the market that they normally wouldn't have so when that happens that increase and this is even even more uh more important when it gets to uh, the 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 exchange models that are popping up because they can't even back, you know, unless they use market makers, they can't, they're can't. they totally dependent on, on the liquidity that comes in for both sides of the market. So when there's an analytics side that gives people a, a quantitative resource that's legitimate, that gives them a reason to enter the market, then you get much more volume, like I said, 2,000% on the NYSE in about 10 years. Uh, and then once the volume goes up, the sports book, broker, whatever, does the right thing and they bring in the, the margins because they're getting more volume so they might as well bring in the margins and then they get more volume because it's a cheaper price and then they can bring them in even more. So who's so everybody wins. Everybody wins because the, the customer's getting a cheaper price and the, the bookmaker's getting more volume and everybody's watching more games on TV. Everybody's eating more wings and drinking more beer and everybody's happy.
1: Pay attention to who Vegas allows make book in their town. They don't allow FanDuel or DraftKings. I don't believe Barstool Sports is there. Pay attention to who the state of Nevada grants business license to and gaming license to. That's a a great place for it. They do a lot of those things. Now, I know each casino, each sports book has limits. Now, when I lived there for the majority of that time, you didn't ever hear about that because those things never happened. Those things being, I could bet anything I wanted just like the the famous sports bettors could because those odds makers made their own lines and they had egos too and they didn't think you could beat them. So they didn't care how much you wagered because quite frankly, they knew they were going to get theirs. Now, well,
2: just think, of it, just think about it too. <clears> the <throat> In terms of legislation, I won't go into like the Nevada Senate Bill 443, New Jersey Assembly Bill 5138, both of which makes strict distinctions between casino gambling and sports and horses, and that is, you know, they allow sports and horses to be the activity or the 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 wager or the speculation or whatever you want to call it, the underlying instrument. They allow those markets to be uh, part of a, of, a, of a hedge fund model because, and and they exclude casino gambling because there's there's no relationship whatsoever to the, the horses in the sports. They are an open market based upon, and they adjust based upon supply and demand. When's the last time you went to a roulette spin and you got a different payout based on supply and demand? It doesn't happen. They're, they're two does. totally different. They're, they're two totally different issues, and that's why if they're saying it's not casino gambling, then it's something else, and I think it's securities. So I guess time will tell to see if I'm right.
1: Absolutely, but. uh Week fifteen while, is here. While
2: we have what we have, let's let's just deal with the
1: situation. Exactly, ahead. exactly. But we also have the responsibility to teach people this: that no yep. two sports books are alike. It used to be the case. It's not that way any longer. The vig is different in every house. Uh, it can be different in every in a slate of fifteen games. You could have three games at minus one hundred nine, another another three at minus one ten. You know, little things like that. And we try to point that out to go get value. When you listen to debates about the closing Vegas line, that's what we're talking about. It's talking about getting a deal, you know, getting a better price.
2: Well that's the only price that matters because that's the price that the market agrees upon.
1: Exactly.
2: Again, you know, you're talking about total and a total analogy to to the, 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 the financial markets with IPOs and, and when, when stocks get halted, you know, pending news, they get they get opened. At a a limit price and then it expands from there based on supply and demand to get the real price. That's exactly the same thing that happens here.
1: And that's why people who don't understand it probably should stay out of it because they're losing money and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. But oh, it is. you
2: got you got you got a ton of you know you got all these guys that you know that were the stoolies from from uh, from barstool sports. You know, it's no. You look at the you look at the chart for pen pen gaming. It looks. I've been I've been around enough to see enough pump and dump stocks in my entire life, and uh, you know that's exactly what that looks like. I mean, you know, right. I don't think this happened on purpose, but right when the um, the shutdown happened in March 2020 that thing went from like five bucks a share to hundred and fifty in a year When barstool got involved what happened was you had all these these uh, These sports betters guys these millions of them that need this is my thesis that needed action They couldn't get into sports betting anymore. So they decided they'd go over to to trading stocks quote-unquote, you know, they'd go over to Robinhood and all this other stuff and uh, and all these, uh, these other platforms. And so they, they, they juiced these, you know, DraftKings just went a, a, along for the ride and the other one, PDYPY, you know, Flutter, they went along for the ride with that. It got juiced up and then boom. Now we're, we're, we've, been, we've been watching those those prices in DraftKings, Penn Gaming, PDYPY. What have they been doing? It fell off a cliff.
1: Well, Barstool's an accidental idiot. That's the bottom line there. Pretty yeah. much,
2: pretty much, and I, I have no—I I don't begrudge him ex- except when he starts being, uh, you know, using his. The, the worst part about about that situation is that he makes it out like he's everybody's best friend, but he really is victimizing people uh, that are very susceptible to it. And,
1: you know. Well, they're frapp- most of most of his listeners are frat boys or nerds. That's who listen to yeah.
2: him. Right, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But uh, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, his arrogance will. Catch up with well, but you know again- what?
1: Usually, when people get that air, are that arrogant and open about it, they go down sometimes hard. And, and yeah. I have a feeling that Mister Portnoy will go and his little crew over there. My biggest problem with them, and, and, and this is the reality, is that they're offering picks and taking bets. They're offering advice on betting games, and then selling them the odds. You know, taking yep. their bets. That's a conflict of interest. It's just Absolutely. like the same ones where these some companies that sell fa- daily fantasy information are also uh, helping to set the lines for prop bets. That's a conflict mm-hmm. of interest also. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the only way to weed that out is some type of legal intervention – and well, Now,
2: at this point, now what you just said and what I just said, now you're talking about not only the SEC or the FTC, but and we might have spoken about this in a previous show. Now you're talking about the Federal Communications Commission, right? The Federal Trade Commission, because it's it's consumer fraud.
1: Well, I when mean, you, when you go on the at radio, a point,
2: the, the Federal Aviation Administration and the Food and Drug Administration, I guess, should throw their hat in the ring.
1: Right? Well, when you go on the radio and you offer. Betting advice, and then you're taking the bets on top of it, and you're losing your betting advice every single time or below 50%. There's something wrong. Maybe Bet they're just lousy Bet, handicappers. You no, know,
2: Bet, you know, Bet, River, Bet Rivers is, is notorious for that too. I I don't hear him here, but when I was uh, back in Philadelphia, I, was, I listened to the the sports radio, uh, just you know for for my own personal amusement. And there was this guy. Um, that would come on for Bet Rivers and do the same thing, you know, giving out giving out advice and then saying, "Okay, go over to Bet Rivers so we can so we can take you to the cleaners." And if you do win, we'll just ban you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and that's not right. None of those yeah. things are. But there are some books out there that are great. Week fifteen is here. Starts tonight. The, Kansas City yeah. and Los Angeles. This is a big game. The Chiefs are a three point away favorite. The total is something a lot of people have been talking about today, and that's 54 points. What is the wolf line saying? And then I'll tell you what I sent out to my premium subscribers this afternoon. <sighs> hmm, it's not saying a whole lot from what I see.
2: Well, you'll, let's just look at it, and we'll see. You know, this is an, this is an, it's a visual product, and we're on an audio show, so we got to kind of walk people through this a little bit, right? As the, the users know, you know it's it's based on a uh, it's based on science. Trading is a, is an is an art based on science. That's what this is. And I was actually thinking about it the other day. I hope I don't go off on too much of a tangent. You know, I, I'm very interested in uh, in history, especially at the early 20th century, leading up to the stock market crash in 1929. I was watching a show about uh, um, the uh, the earthquake of 19. 19- 06 in san francisco and then the other one remember the one in 89
1: mm-hmm. i remember that, that i one. do uh, a friend of mine was supposed to pitch for the oakland a's that day his name's kurt young i i, I used to yep. work with his dad
2: yeah yeah so that was the the one in the one in in 06 they really didn't have any way to measure it um and what 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 happened there was totally devastating as you know much more than 89 mm-hmm. uh they didn't have a way to measure then because the Richter scale had not been invented yet. Right. It wasn't invented until the thirties. And the Richter scale is, is obviously it's a, it's a, an exponential standard scientific metric to measure, you know, the, the the magnitude of earthquakes. Right. We all Mm -hmm. know about the Richter scale. So before, but before the Richter scale, there was no way to quantify how strong an abstract, uh, event like an earthquake was, or some type of seismic event, when the Richter scale came along, and just like the Wolf Line, it's an exponential scale that measures magnitude of something. Then there was a way to be able to then scientifically uh, communicate with that standard metric and say, well, this was 6.2 on the Richter scale. They said, okay, now I know how strong something is, when before that didn't exist because it was all abstract. Same with the Wolf Line. And markets... Just like geology, or uh, yeah, geology, as we know, is what it's just, they Remember in uh, Shawshank Redemption,
1: mm-hmm. the,
2: the study of, of time and and pressure, right? Right, time and pressure, time and pressure. So that's what markets are all about too. Because when when mar- when certain sides of a market get too much optimistic pressure. Eventually, that becomes a, an irrational bubble, and when the other side gets too much pessimistic pressure, eventually that's going to become an over over a, over a, uh, oversold uh, distressed asset. So that's what it, this is measuring, and that this that's what the alerts are all about, and that's what the indicators are all about. It's just like a, a Richter scale, but for irrationality in markets. That's the best way to look at
1: it. really. Perfect. Now, what is it telling us about the Kansas City Chiefs game tonight?
2: Well, it's got a, the yellow alert.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> As you see in the, the alerts go from there's gray if it's no no significance. Yellow is significant, orange is more significant, red is most significant. And just like in the Richter scale, you know it mean it's exponential. so it means more when you go further to the right. So for example, uh, uh, an orange to a red uh, in from the eight game period to the nine game period. Would mean more than an orange to a red from the four game period to the five game period. You know that because mm-hmm. you've been using this. So right now we just see a couple of yellow alerts in the four game and the five game towards
1: the Chiefs. Uh, that would be the Chargers. The Chiefs are the, the Chargers. team. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. The, the Chargers. Chiefs are the away team. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. See, that's what I like, because now you're correcting me, and you're the one using the product. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> so you're right. That's 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 towards the chargers. I was getting ahead of myself. But then I look at the chart here, the price action chart, and the Chiefs have recently been extremely uh, in a bullish fashion.
1: Yes, they have. Go. They've won six straight.
2: Yeah, if you go back to uh, well, I'm talking about just uh, against the spread here. One, two.
1: Oh, three, they're four and one against the spread in their last five.
2: Yeah, they're, they've they've covered four times in a row. So that's like a stock upticking four ticks up 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 recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that and that's why we have. And although the, the Chargers have also uh, overperformed the closing market. They've overperformed the market, so they've also seen buying pressure, and they're seeing buying pressure here. But over the long haul, over the 20-period study, you see how the, uh, the alert switches to – it's not an alert, it's just an indicator – switches over to the chiefs, to the away, if we're buying low and selling high. That's why the chiefs are in red and the, the charges are in green, if you look at the 20-period study. Right, mm-hmm. Because for the 20 period, the Chiefs are in the, the bearish conditions and the Chargers are in the bullish conditions. But what I see here, and this is what I'm going to base my trade on, is I'm going to draw a little purple resistance line right at that two level. Mm-hmm. And coupled with the, the – uh, that's for the Chargers, right? That's a ceiling for the Chargers. See that? Yep. They had problems with that two level before, a while back, and the, the longer back in time it is, the more that means, more significance that has. So the way serial correlation the markets work, if they had problems with, <clears throat> pardon me, with the two level, <clears throat> with the two level before, then there's a good chance they're going to have problems with it, breaching it again. So that's a sell signal for me for the Chargers. Couple with that, the fact that the Chiefs over the 20 period are the bearish asset and the chiefs have just breached. See that little level for the chiefs down at negative six they just broke through? Yep. I'll, I'll draw another line there, and they have gotten through that. So that means that they have now violated that ceiling level, and we could see a reversion back to the mean of these two assets. So because of that, I'm going to buy the chiefs, and I'm going to sell the Chargers for the spread.
1: There you go. That's what I'm going to do too. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the point. I'm going to lay the points, and I'm going to watch Justin Herbert throw interceptions, and I'm going to watch this Kansas City underrated defense perform. I'm explaining the Wolf Line to you in sports sense, Uh, and I'm going to watch the Chiefs defense kick the daylights out of the Chargers offense, and I'm going to watch everyone's favorite target these days, Patrick Mahomes in the offense of the Chiefs to run roughshod over the Los Angeles Chargers. That's what I'm going to do. I'm taking (laughs) the Chiefs at minus three.
2: Then we agree on that from both a technical standpoint and a flash standpoint. A technical standpoint and a flash standpoint.
1: Damn right. If you can can hang with the flash, you can make some cash. And, and, And the Wolf Line is another place you need to go visit. You need to go visit. You need to sign up. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this is pl- this platform that they've put together, that Greg's put together with his friends, this thing is for real. It has led me to a couple of uh, puck lines in hockey. I mean, it's not going to tell you what to do, but if you have an idea of what you're doing already, it's sure as hell going to help you a lot. There's another gentleman who's out there doing podcasts. Just solely on the wolf line and he's what 13 and five now
2: are you talking about sports university
1: yeah sports university that's the one yes
2: yeah uh, that's boyd i don't know what he i don't know what his record is but he's uh, yeah get on that that's a good podcast too
1: um see i don't mind i don't mind talking about my competitors in a friendly kind way because the reality is i've been interested in what they're doing because i use this tool myself and, and I
2: have no issue with that at all. We I would be I all I want to do kind of like uh you know Tesla was with with electricity was you know give it give it to everybody. Allow everybody have access to this and they can say, well we interpret the wolf line this way on this particular game and somebody else could interpret it completely differently. That's how markets work.
1: Absolutely. And well, then we let the uh two parties decide the outcome. That's right. That's the way it is. Isn't that the way stocks are traded too? That's exactly. Right. That's exactly right. You see, all right now, week fifteen, we're headed into home stretch, and I got to. I want to know what games the Wolf Line is busting out. I already know where you're going to start though, because I've been watching this too for for about a month now, and I've never seen this many alerts for an NFL game before. We're talking about the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. If you want to go ahead and give them a pick from this. That's fine. I'll I'll add it to the bet stamp collection, and if you just want to talk about the game, do whatever you want.
2: Well, as we spoke about uh, the you know the ATS the spread or the price action as we call it in the NFL, and at least in American markets, is the thickest market there is. Meaning it's the tightest market. It's the fastest correcting market, and because of that, uh, you're going to see. A lot less is incidence of uh, indicator, wolf-line indicators getting to the level of where they would be alerted. As you know, the three basic rules is the more significance occurs when uh, the alerts are hotter, when there's more alerts, and the alerts are further to the right of the grid. Basically, that's because of larger sample size, and that makes it more significant, just like many other scientific metrics. So, yeah... Um, As I think I've told you, there's only been one time in the past now almost 11 seasons where there's been three red alerts in the in the three, five and seven period uh, indications on the grid. One time that was the the Cowboys at the Steelers last year was a triple red uh, favoring the Cowboys in the in the in the um, correction trading mode, which is the default and uh, the Cowboys covered easily. So the markets in, in the NFL do not often get this mature is a is a word. You know, that they don't get this toppy or frothy or other words that might be used and that, that you might hear on say CNBC or Bloomberg or something like that. So uh, yeah I'm not I'm not going to be able to resist uh, this orange, red, yellow. Uh, and we also see if you click on all periods, it goes the yellow all to the eight all the way to the eight period and then a 0.7 that looks like point seven eight uh, indicator in the nine period, all going towards the away team, and that's the New York Jets, which is the New York Jets at, at what is that number there? Hold on second. Oh, a second. Oh,
1: I think here. it's uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half points. That's a lot of points for Miami, by the way. Wow, they are bad. Aren't
2: the Jets terrible? Oh my goodness. Uh, and I don't even I don't even watch, but I just I just hear little things out of the corner of my ear, I'll see a play here and there, but wow, they're really bad. But also what we have here um, is when you look at the charts flash, uh, we can, we can, we can support this with a uh, chart resistance as well. Right. So I'm just going to click and I'm going to do that little purple line. Right. Right at the, at that level right there. That is, hold on one second.
1: That is the... Four? That is the three level. Okay. I'm off. Oh, I see what you did. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's the three level right there. And we're going to do, as you know how to do, we're going to do a little technical analysis here, just like a trader would do. Any trader on a desk, on the floor, anywhere, and you're going to just... Click that support level. Draw that purple line. That's your ceiling. Goes straight across. It's had the the Dolphins have had an, an issue with uh, that level, that plus three level before, back at you know what is that uh, sixteen periods ago, yeah. and now they're there again. So I'm going to use that as a as a as a inflection point to sell. And also, it's kind of hard to do this on uh, on audio, but there's a downward trending trend line for uh the jets that 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 is kind of like a slanted uh level of support that is also a buy signal for the jets so it's a buy signal for the jets a sell signal for the dolphins and we're looking and and that's that's reflected also in the alerts and uh we're looking for that to be an oversold overbought bubble situation with the, the dolphins being in a bubble scenario and the sell uh, uh, signal and the and the Jets being in a buy signal, overly distressed, uh, oversold.
1: That's the, and that's the biggest one of the day for for all these. I don't see any real big alerts like that. There's some games where they don't have many at all.
2: No, and that's and that, as you know, that's that's just the nature of the product with with uh, with these. These markets, uh, especially the NFL spread, which is just if you're going to make a comparison, the spread market uh, in the NFL is is very tight, like a utilities stock. It doesn't move much. They're not volatile. But you go into, say, biotech, and that's all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Much more volatile sector. That would be like small conference college basketball. Right? You'll see a lot more alerts there, but you have to understand that going in and 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 adjust accordingly.
1: that's exactly right now there's one other game that I found on the Wolf line that has quite a few alerts as well, and that's the New Orleans Saints Tampa Bay Buccaneers. that's a Sunday night football game.
2: Well, let's check that one out here because
1: that's the only other one that's well, there, was really t- there, there
2: was there was a t- do you do totals at all?
1: Yeah, of course, yeah, sure, we do whatever, we, my listeners like to win, you know, they don't place bets for entertainment, they place bets to win, so whatever you got, fire away. Okay, and I won't, I won't
2: describe them all, but, uh, this is gonna be enough for me as well, uh, again, this is for me, this is, this is my subjective interpretation, you could do it much better than I can, it's, that's definitely, definite possibility, um, I think it's uh let me see the all periods for this Green Bay game. Oh, we go all the way to twelve periods with the yellow alerts, point seven seven and thirteen, point seven one and fourteen. Yeah, that's enough for me. It's time for time to sell the sell the Packers and buy the Ravens.
1: Okay, so you like the Ravens then? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I like them. And then we'll go down here. Uh Saints Buccaneers. Actually, you know, I like I like the Ravens more than I like um, the Saints here because to me, those yellow alerts all the way in, in, into the twelve period and those indicators, you know, to the to the right of that, that's more significant to me than what we have in the uh, the Saints Buccaneers game.
1: Makes sense. Now, Casper Flash best bets. We're looking at the following games, man. I, I love looking at this wolf fly. I, I like listening to you do this because I learn more from it because I'm doing it in front with you while we're doing it. You know, while you're talking, I'm watching. But mm-hmm. I, I these are this is cash with flash. I like the New England Indianapolis game. I like the Buffalo Carolina game. I like the Washington. I wanted to say Redskins Eagles game. Uh, Cincinnati Denver Green Bay Baltimore. <laughs> And I also am interested in the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Those are my things, man. Great stuff today, dude.
2: I I, I and I, I also am interested in the uh in the uh Patriots Colts game. Oh right. as
1: well. How now how does the how does the Wolf line see that?
2: Uh, I see the uh Patriots just in a in an extremely uh irrational, toppy type of formation here. Um you know, as you know, every, every, uh, every time that the uh, threshold is is uh, breached and, and, uh, and is, is met and over-exceeded, you know, once market implied uh, numbers are exceeded or the, the spread is covered or whatever, it's, it does just like any other market and it fades up into optimism and vice versa, fading down to pessimism. And just the way you trade is, you know, for the most part, you're going to be, you're going to be selling, you know, selling greed and buying fear, just like Warren Buffett said, selling the over-adjusted optimism and buy into over-adjusted pessimism. There you and, go. Uh, Great from stuff. From here, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I mean, these are just market terminologies that I'm bringing over here. And, and uh, again, the big Venn diagram,
0: and Same we
2: agreed church, on the Chiefs game tonight. Pew. Yeah, yeah. So then the uh real quick for the um this is enough for me to go with uh with the Colts. That's enough for me with those alerts. And also just to do a totals, what we in the business would call a volatility trade.
1: Okay.
2: Uh you know, look at these look at these alerts in uh in the Texans Jaguars game. All right,
1: yeah, I saw that.
2: So that's enough for me to go over with them, and I'll look at the chart too. Yeah, I mean, you look and and you got you get the spot the spot what we call the spot volatility is all the way down at negative thirteen for twenty periods. So you know that that looks to me like a another uh, buy low sell high scenario.
1: Sure does. All right, great stuff today. Tell everybody where they can find you. On Twitter and reach out to you because I think uh, the Wolf Line is ready to go premium. So get ready for that. What's your handle on Twitter? At uh, Quant Wolf Line. There it is. Thanks a lot, and man. Good just stuff. Just go to the
2: thewolfline.com and on, on LinkedIn, I'm Gregory Wolf with an E after the Wolf. There you go.
1: And not the Wolf of Wall Street. Not even close. But the no, Wolf, no, he's the no, Wolf. No. Of the Phil Nation Show, we love having you here, bro. Thanks for being here.
2: Always a pleasure, Flash.
1: All right, man. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for sponsoring the show. I want to thank Betstamp for validating our picks here. That seems to be an issue. I don't know why. I'm the only one on earth that owns more losses than wins. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen... My mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you,
0: and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at CashWithFlash and like our Facebook show page.